0: You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about why I don't read my score sheets to my athletes. Now, before we get into the episode, head on over to Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook and join that group if you're a gym owner. Head over to All Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you are a coach or a coach and owner. And last but not least, head on over to nextgenowners.com to see everything that the Next Gen Owners Academy provides. You can book a sales call, just hop on the phone with me or Justin and learn more about the academy and hear how it is going to be the perfect fit for you growing your gym to the gym of your dreams. Last but not least, check out the book by the one and only Danielle Johnston, The Cheer Gym Owner's Handbook. I've plugged in on the past few episodes. It's absolutely amazing. You want to read it. It is a game changer if you have yet to consume much of our content. And even if you have, there is still so much good quality content in there. Now let's get into the episode. So this comes from uh, actually a post I saw yesterday. And uh, someone had commented about uh, youth judges not providing uh, feedback that was positive. Uh, and it might actually it wasn't even youth. I think it was like tinies. And it was like, please just give me something nice that the judges say to these kiddos. Um, and it, it sparked a lot of debate. And there was some debate on, you know, should judges be providing positive feedback should they providing only negative feedback you know what what should the judges be putting on there on top of just some debate on like you know what to say and how to word it and and it was really kind of focused on the judge's side of things and i was reading everything and i was like you know what this would be interesting to talk about why i don't read score sheets to any of my teams uh senior all the way down to the the babyest of babies i don't Train coaches to read the score sheet, especially the comments. Now, we're going to go into all the details of why I do and why I don't, or what I tell them and what I don't, and also what I tell my parents. So let's get into the episode. Uh, Number one, I do read the scores to my athletes. So I will go through and I will say, You scored, you know, you got your perfect stunt difficulty. So we hit that range, we hit our drivers. Uh, But our stunt execution was a 3.6. And I'll go through all of those things, reading through all the scores. I'll tell them my honest opinion. Hey, I think this was right. I think this was wrong. Or oftentimes, I think this was really generous and you guys got away with one. I've said that quite a few times recently to a number of my teams. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it on a previous episode. I did on Facebook just a post, but... My world's team had a horrible uh, performance on day one of their world's bid event uh, that I had talked about, you know, how to manage stress. And I actually had to listen to my, some of my own advice. Um, but we at got our scores back, and they had one group that dropped a whole bunch. And we got a 3.6 on stunt execution. And I said, you guys, this was generous. I'm going to assume that they were not judging the people who fell and they were just judging the people who were in the air on execution, which I I think was a generous approach. So I don't know that we deserved a 3.6. And they all laughed and nodded their heads and were like, yeah, we understand. So I will frame it that way with them is I will say, you know, these are your points. Uh, This is where we have the most room for improvement between day one and day two. And these are our focuses. From there, the next thing I'm going to do with the score sheets is I'll read the judges' comments and I will digest them, but I'm not going to read them word for word to the athletes for a number of different reasons. Number one reason I don't read it to them is they then have to understand oftentimes what the judges are saying is a negative and they now have to convert that into the action that they should be doing. So a judge may say synchronization was off in standing tumbling. Well, yes, We as a smart, intelligent coach know what synchronization off and standing tumbling means. But for an athlete, especially a younger one, they now have to backward engineer. Okay, why was the synchronization off? Should we have been counting? Uh, Did we exit a stunt late? You know, what were the things that were impacting that? What were the things that we need to change going into the next day that will create the synchronization we are looking for as opposed to just telling them, hey, guys, three of you skipped the clean on seven and we weren't counting. And so some of you sat on seven instead of cleaning on seven and sitting on one and that made our tumbling off. Or some of you are sitting for too long. You know, Sarah, Susie, Sally, you guys are sitting for an extra count. So I really want you to be counting. I want everyone to be counting in this section and I want you guys, you know, saying sit one, jump two and saying sit one and saying jump. Those things are going to be actionable items for them to apply in the routine. So I don't want them to have to backward engineer that. Number two is judges provide a lot of feedback, and if especially if they're doing a good job. They're giving you a lot of actionable things. But there are a number of those things that the kids cannot impact. They can't impact um, routine showed minimal visual creativity in formations uh, and transitions in tumbling, or routine showed minimal use of creative entries and transitions uh, in stunts. Those kind of comments are things that kids will fixate on because it has words like minimal. Even though those are key words that are in the scoring system, the kids will fixate on it and then they'll be trying to figure out how to change it when all you need them to do is concentrate on squeezing their legs together in their back handspring or getting the correct grip in their tick. So it's putting too much information into their brain. So I don't read them the score sheet verbatim because I want to tell them the things that I, as their coach know that they should be focusing on because as their coach, I know what they can and cannot change at the time of performance. You will not be able to read an entire score sheet to your athletes and have them change 19 things. What I will typically do is I will typically pick A section or a thing in a few sections that they can improve on. Hey guys, our standing tumbling timing was really off. We have to be making sure we are counting in those sections. If you're not in the tumbling section, you need to be counting with your team. You're not doing anything in terms of a skill. Your job on the mat is to count and help people be on time. I would point out that. Then I would say, hey, dance. They noticed that our motions were not precise. They weren't freezing on those counts. So we really got to concentrate on squeezing through our shoulders, through our arms in our dance. And we're going to mark it a couple times in here or in the hallway or whatever we can do, really focusing on punching those motions and hitting those motions. And I'm going to dissect the things in the score sheet that they can actually impact. And then I'm going to tell them how to do it rather than read the comment from the judge. I also am then going to take the things that they're telling for me, that they're saying, hey, coach, this transition doesn't look good. Or, hey, coach, you're lacking visuals on these things, and I'm going to now use that as information for me to move forward. Now, if you're a coach reading the score sheet and you're seeing a bunch of things from the judges that are saying, hey, coach, we didn't like this, I recommend, if you can, see how it scores from competition to competition, because judges have their own perspective and their own opinions. And oftentimes you may find that a dance scored really well at one event and not so well at another. And that leaves you kind of wondering. If you're always chasing the scores that were bad, then you are actually going to be kind of in this hamster wheel of making adjustments and trying to satisfy the judges. And I've caught myself there before I've, I've done that and it's a really miserable experience. Now, am I saying you should not look at judge feedback and take it seriously? No, I'm not. I would take the feedback that they give you, take the scores that they give you. If you see a persistently low score on your team, multiple competitions, then you're probably going to need to make some adjustments. If you see a consistently low score across your program, then you might need to make some adjustments. Maybe your dances are not scoring well across your program. That could be because dance expectations are higher. That could be because the way your dances were choreographed is not reading correctly. Uh, this was something that I just went through with my own program. We have a wonderful dance choreographer. She does a fantastic job. Uh, but some of our dances weren't scoring the way they needed to and so i i spent some time looking at okay what is scoring well this year versus not scoring well and i found just a couple little things that we could change in our dances that i think are going to have a dramatic impact on our dance difficulty score now that's not going to change the execution uh the athletes still have to execute it correctly but that was something that we started looking at so Pay attention to those things, take notes, make rational decisions. Remember the kids can only change so much between competitions. So pick your battles wisely. And if you have to truly restart, then take a weekend off and restart the routine and re-choreograph it with as many of the same skills. The next thing I want to discuss is what do I talk to my parents about with the score sheet? Because I, I know people have a lot of questions about follow-up at the end of competitions and what do you tell parents and how much do you talk to them and and what do you do? And I actually had someone in our academy group ask about, you know, templates. Actually, I'm not sure it was our academy group. It might have been the cheer uh, gym owners group uh, that was asking, you know, what people do post-competition and if they have any kind of guides for that. And uh, I have a PowerPoint presentation that I have, at, not PowerPoint, it's Google Slides, but I have a Google Slide and it basically, I have a, a running document that tracks all of the team scores in a spreadsheet. I take a screenshot of the team score, I put it in the Google Slide, and in my spreadsheet, it's just the scores and it has on the It has an additional column where in each of the categories, it shows how many tenths or points we did not get in each category. And based off certain criteria, it'll highlight it red uh, or it'll keep it black or it'll highlight it yellow, basically showing, you know, so the parents have that visual Indicator of, hey, these are trouble spots for us right now in the routine. So when you see us making changes or you see us drilling on these things, or it'll give me the opportunity to say, hey, you know, no one's hitting their pyramids very well right now. And we haven't had good team attendance, which is going to impact our ability to rep pyramids. We need people at practice, right? It helps me drive home certain points for certain teams. So I can go over all of that information with them. I can, you know, give them a very quick, easy visual. And again, I am telling them what I need them to know. I'm not spinning the narrative. I'm not lying to them. I'm actually being very, very honest with them. Uh, But it allows me to help hone them to the right things that they need to be focusing on. Because your parents, just like your kids, are if they just hear the judge's comments, they're going to hear things And they don't understand that there is certain phrasing that has to be used, like widespread issue, that sounds really, really bad, but you understand it's just the judge articulating why they took point three off. They're not saying that you are horrible at it, they were just saying today it was a widespread issue on synchronization, or today it was a widespread issue on flyers not hitting their motions on the correct count. I mean, whatever it is, they say those things, and a parent might stick to that and go, oh my gosh, you know, we have this really big problem. Or another funny one is they see legality um, and they see illegal or illegality deduction. And I have had parents who have freaked out. Like, why are we doing things that are illegal? I can't believe that this gym would do things like that. I'm like, calm, calm down. They're a level one team. And if the secondary base grabs what i would argue is the correct way with their right hand underneath the foot their left hand on the shin it's now an illegal lib versus if they just have their left hand under versus their right or the back spot just got too far under the stunt making them a base and no longer a bracer so it's a technicality issue or on a level 16 you know a release happened a little like they let go of a flip a little bit early and we got a deduction because it happened or a basket inverted unintentionally on a kick full and it doesn't normally happen. It doesn't mean we're doing things illegal that are dangerous. It's just there are technicalities. It would just be like when you're watching a football game and you get a false start, that's illegal or going offsides in soccer or football, that's illegal in the game. It's a foul, but we don't, we just call them legalities rather than you know, fouls or penalties like that. So, I craft that information for the parents because they're not all score sheet gurus. They don't understand how to interpret what the judges are saying. These are all reasons why I don't read score sheets to my athletes, to my parents. It can still be something that you communicate. So, I want you to, to challenge yourself uh, within your, your gym to provide that information to your families. Uh, you know, As you leave this episode, figure out how can you communicate the information that the judges are giving you to your athletes and your parents in a manner that is consumable, that is something that they can take in and they can understand the direction that you're going as a program. I guarantee you it makes a huge difference and and we're not perfect and we have people who question some of the decisions that we make sometimes too and I appreciate that because every time someone questions, it means I was not clear in my messaging. Now in the moment, can I be a little bit frustrated? Can I be like, how do you not understand this? Yes, but I still, I default back to, okay, I haven't done a good job explaining to this client why it is we're doing the thing that we do why it is we're making the change in the routine that we are why it is that we're adjusting what we are uh in the routine so find those ways to communicate with your parents and with your athletes because with a greater understanding comes a greater investment in what you are doing and you will all be working towards the same objective together all right everyone i hope you enjoyed the episode as you can tell i'm feeling a little bit better We've got some more really good ones coming to you. I've been a little under the weather, so I'm, a, I'm behind in recording, uh, but I'm going to get a bunch of episodes knocked out this week. I'm super excited for them. Uh, we've got another interview with Matt Becker coming up. I have an interview with a gym owner that I did a few weeks ago that I just need to have a forward recorded, and I wanted to make sure my voice sounded good for it. Uh, so we got those coming up here soon. A lot of great stuff. As always, check out our conferences check out the Academy. We want you to join us and join our Academy group. We are a greater group because of the sum of the people in it. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parent's perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.